0: What up, fam? It's Alan Thomas, the Nubian scribe. And if you are not already following me on Instagram, I encourage you to do so. You can find me at Nubian underscore scribe. That way, you won't miss anything that I got to say between episodes. And I encourage you to tell others about this podcast via your social media platforms. 20 Twenty-two. Wow, (laughs) what a year it's turning out to be. And it's just the first month of the year. There are efforts out there trying to quash or marginalize the black vote. And folks out there trying to shame our peeps into working for peanuts. While they out there eating caviar. What the hell? I say, more money then more workers, and not before. I'm just saying. Which brings me to this week's episode entitled 21st Century Sharecropping. Yeah. Sharecropping. And to help me to discuss this important topic are Damien and Dre. Damien goes by D. Dre. Goes by Dre, because he just Dre. Gents, thank you for agreeing to come on. The Overcomers, we still here.
1: Thanks. Thank you for having me. Thanks for having us, I Appreciate it.
0: I'm glad you guys agreed to come on. It's an important and relevant topic, especially in the 21st century. I ask the two of you to come on my show because you have opposite opinions about industries that offer services or products that seem to resemble modern-day sharecropping. I use the term sharecropping because they seem to target individuals and in minority communities to keep them on their plantation, i.e. their balance sheet for as long as possible, because the terms of those loans are such which makes it difficult for folks who are ensnared by them to get out of, just like those who were forced by necessity to sharecrop. Gents, two industries that immediately come to mind are the payday and title loan companies. Drake, what's your position or opinion regarding me equating those entities to modern-day sharecropping?
2: Modern day sharecropping, because back when you had so called tenant farmers, they were basically working to get themselves out of debt. And with these payday loans, title loan companies, it's the same situation. You've paid off the principal, and now you just have to get from underneath the interest that has accrued because you've had to agree to unfavorable terms out of
0: necessity. Damien, as a former payday manager, what do you got to say about that?
1: I would say when we use words such as sharecropping, I think we go a little bit overboard with it. And what I mean by that is the true definition of sharecropping and the way that it was, was although those people were in debt, which I don't agree with, they were in debt because they were utilizing all the tools on that farm, and I get it. I understand that a lot of this was coming post-civil, um, uh, pre-Civil War, and uh, it was uh, a, a lot of African-Americans with skills in agriculture, and they didn't get their 40 acres and a mule, right? They were cheated out of their 40 acres and a mule. The only thing they knew how to do was farm that land. Uh, and in the same token, though, the situation they were put in, they were using all the tools, the land, and housing so, in order to provide for their families with food, housing, tools to do the work, they did fall into some situations where that landowner owner would keep them in debt. So, I think when we say sharecropping, I think we go a little bit overboard with with some of this terminology when we do talk about banking um, it, it it I can see both ways, but when I look at it from a purely financial and a banking standpoint. I think going overboard with the word sharecropping is not where we need to
0: be in this conversation. Drake, Dee mentioned something about banking. My understanding, they offer loans, to put people in debt. Interest rates are high, generally higher for people in desperate situation. What's your opinion on that?
2: The loans are a higher interest rate because they do not have uh, many alternatives to get a more favorable rate. A person with good credit, with A-plus credit, can go to any bank and get money. A person with with suspect credit has to go to someone who's willing to accept it. And because that person is a higher risk, he's going to want a higher return, therefore a higher interest rate.
0: Now, Damien, you heard what Dre said. Isn't that the same situation that happens? What happened post Emancipation Proclamation.
1: It, 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 to, to your point, uh, I mean, I, I get where you're, where people are trying to draw uh, similarities to it. But once again, the way I look at it is this, those people were beholden to that land. And to Dre's point, yes, um, people with better credit or better financial standing can go to a bank to get a loan. But the flip side that we don't understand, or that we forget about a lot of times is, the loan that some of these individuals need to provide for their families, to put food on a table, or to pay a bill so they don't fall in arrears and mess up their credit, a bank won't loan them for five hundred dollars, right? So there isn't a space in banking in America where you can go into a bank, let's say uh, uh, a Capital One or whatever bank you you, you want to mention, and they're not going to loan them four hundred dollars so they don't go delinquent. With it on the light bill so they don't go delinquent on maybe some revolving debt they may have got themselves into. Um, I see it more as a more as a financial education within our community to help people understand how to utilize these loans at the time of when they need them. Uh, I totally agree. Some people do get 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 captured in them. Uh, but at one point, do we look at the individual that's captured in them and the steps that they take? to try to get from underneath them in the beginning, instead of just constantly relying on them. These are supposed to be simple ways out. I do understand the industry and how they do want that revolving debt, right? Because that's how they make money. But, right. at, the end of, but at the end of the day, when does that fiscally respons- fiscal responsibility come upon the
0: individual taking that loan? So Drake, you got these payday and title loan companies, and D, Respectfully disagreeing with what you said. For this reason, you have both entities. You have people who or institutions that were set up after slavery that offer ex-slaves or former slaves land, but there were severe conditions attached to it, which no way they could and ever would meet. So if you have to borrow the tools, rent the lands, borrow seeds, and then the crops that they have to grow, take the money from those crops and pay the landowners, how can they ever get ahead? Hearing that, Damien, isn't that what modern sharecropping is? Dre.
2: I would equate it to modern day sharecropping, but what makes it what makes that situation any different from a 30-year loan on a mortgage? In the beginning of that loan, as it is amortized, you're paying mostly interest on that loan. You're paying very little principal. In the beginning, almost your entire note is going to interest and not to principal reduction. And it takes years and years before you start reaping uh, the benefits of seeing that principal reduction. But after that, it's, it's more than seven years before you start really building equity. In, in that house, in that loan. So, and
0: go ahead, I'm sorry.
2: please proceed.
0: In your example about getting a mortgage, the loan is not tacking on the cost of the lumber, the cost of the plumbing, the cost of the installation, the cost of the roof. The bank is not adding those things to the purchase price of the house. When you have a sharecropper, they're actually, they are not only renting the land, But they need things to grow the crops and to sustain themselves until the next season. The loan and the terms, they change all the time. But the mortgage is set. You know what you have to pay every month, every year, until it's paid off.
1: And and Alan, but that is the same thing with a payday loan. The payback is set. And I think one of the biggest misconceptions with the payday loan is, is that people walk in and they automatically give them a loan. No, when you do a payday loan, I can't speak for title loan. Me personally, I don't necessarily agree with the title loan with putting your car up as an asset to get a title loan.
0: Aren't they the same? They both reach people in dire situations and each ensnare those people.
1: They're they're not the same, Alan, because when you do a title loan, you're putting up an asset for that money. And that loan is is tends to be larger than three. $500. When you walk into a payday loan, they look at your debt to income ratio, as well as your paycheck to see if you can pay them back. Now, what happens is this, uh, there've been studies on, um, on on payday loans. And 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 when what some of these studies have found out is the people that benefit from payday loans are the people that are most fiscally responsible. Uh, they're just getting out of an issue that they had maybe two weeks or two a month. And the average may be about two loans before they're done with it. But what happens is, and I think one of the things that makes it feel as if this is some kind of uh, sharecropping uh, institution, is you have people who use payday loans and forget about their fiscal responsibility with their everyday things, such as lights, uh, the rent. And they're starting to use it for more disposable income. From my experience, those are the people who wind up on six months programs because they needed to purchase money to throw a birthday party, or they needed to get money to go out on the weekend. Not the people who are coming in because they don't want to go delinquent on a credit card note. Those people tend to find their way out of it. Now the people that payday loan institutions make money off of, are those who fall into more of a cycle of disposable income. And it becomes fun money and not survival money.
0: I'm gonna push back on your study. I'm not doubting you read a study. Often those studies are paid for by the very people who are being studied. So I don't want to say, and I'm not saying you generalize by saying most of the people in those type of situations, they wind up, I think you said, in a six-month program because they use the money for other things such as parties. I find it hard to believe that most of the people Who are ensnared by these entities or by these corporations don't use the money to sustain themselves
1: now personal experience most of my clients that had issues were ones that took out money to go on vacations or to have events or to have money in their pocket for the weekend for some sort of event uh the people that came in because they needed to get 500 because rent was due and the check wasn't going to be there on time. They came back in uh, with their $75 because on average, I mean, a payday loan, the most that you're going to get lended is about 500 bucks. And in most places in America, your payback on that is 46 to about $75. And that's on the two week program. Right. But the people that I've experienced with, I did three years within the industry at multiple locations that had issues were people who spent their money on more, more disposable things, not someone trying to pay the water bill.
0: So here's a question, a very real question. You have people outside of our community who go to banks with very good credit, and they say, I want to take a vacation to Europe. Who cares what they use the money for? The people that pay their loans and title companies target, those are the ones who are desperate And in need and if they want to have a free day and want to go get out of their circumstance spend a day at the spa they are the ones who don't control the terms and they're not in a position of power to negotiate themselves out of bad terms
1: but I guess what what I I get what you're saying even to me I don't care what they got the loan for whether you're getting a $5,000 loan in the bank or whatever but at what point does fiscal responsibility come in? Should you be going to take a spa day? I get you need to relax, but maybe there's another way you need to figure it out before you get ensnared going somewhere that's going to charge you a higher interest rate and you know this going into it and the money still has to pay back, get paid back, right? So is that spa day or that, that, that going to Essence Festival, is that worth it being ensnared in seven months because you never had the funds to do that to begin
0: with. So, Dre, let me pose this question to you. A lot of those companies position themselves in minority communities where there is an increased opportunity to ensnare people who are in dire need. Or, as Damien said, may be irresponsible for their money, not fiscally responsible, or in need of immediate assistance, cash-strapped, or need to get the money to take care of whatever. My concern is that they don't get reasonable and equitable relief. Like sharecroppers, they weren't in a position of power to negotiate terms. Yeah, they knew what the terms were. We're going to loan you this money. We're going to loan you these tools. We're going to rent you this land. They knew the terms, but they were not reasonable and equitable. So isn't that taking advantage of people who are not in a position of power? Those people were enslaved by the people who set up shop in their communities and charged them outrageous, gave them outrageous terms that they can't get themselves out of.
2: Well, the plantation owner was coming from a position of power and wanting to maintain that power and also when it came it also came down to the bottom line. So if he could subjugate, his tenants, it helped, helped his bottom line, which is no different than these payday loan places who they're worried about gaining assets, getting a, building up that accounts receivable to improve their bottom line. They're not concerned with who gets hurt in the process.
1: Damien? Uh, I could say the same thing for, for mortgage lending. I've also done mortgage lending for a number of years. And um, once again, it's risky. It's risky to loan money. And it's not that uh, they don't care who they hurt. I mean, let's circle back before we had payday loans. You had loan sharks. You had um, um, pawn shop loans, right? Some of these loans came from some seedy places. So you rather someone get charged 75 bucks to repay or get an arm broken because they couldn't repay the loan sharker who owned the pawn shop in the neighborhood, right? So, I mean, what's hurting them more? Uh, Having to take out another payday loan to just pay the next $75 until they can figure out a way to find that $75 to get from underneath it or get an arm broken or or get something uh, taken from them?
0: I'm being facetious, but really at the same time, break my arm. Then I don't have to pay seventy five dollars a week. Then you can't go to work and do your job, mm-hmm. right?
2: And, and Alan, the thing is, if they break your arm, you still owe them that money. You still
1: owe them the money. Your arm's just broken. So, <laughs> and and what I mean by by it is this: I get it. Or at max in this country, seventy five dollars is what you pay back on a five hundred dollar loan, right? And I get everyone doesn't come from great circumstances, hell. I didn't grow up as a as as a as a rich guy. I we had some hard, hard hard times in my household. Parents disabled. Parents uh tried one parent tried to go back to school. The money wasn't in there, right? Mom's working three jobs, right? Me as a teenager trying to do some things. So I'm not speaking from a place of power or a place of wealth, right? I'm first generation really having something. But I also understanding that that the biggest issue, I believe, it's not necessarily the payday loans. The biggest issue is education, financial education in our community. And where does that start? Does that start in our high schools? Does that start in our elementary schools? Does that start with forums like you where we can get people to listen to them? Because I will, I will, I will bet a thousand bucks that the people who need to hear this, Alan, aren't listening to your podcast, right? So where do we start? But until then, before getting an arm broke or having to lead to do something illegal, sell drugs to get it, uh, possibly sell your body just so you can get the rent, the payday loan is the best option until we can make banks not afraid to loan $300 to $500 to a high-risk high client. So where do we go from there? So is it really a service or is it taking advantage or is it somewhere in the middle of the road? To where we understand what they're offering, the product they're offering, but we also understand our own financial responsibility in in paying off that product, right? And even me as a kid, as a teenager working, getting off on a late shift, it it was a number of times. I also went to the corner store to cash my check because I got off late and I got paid late. $10 for every hundred, right? There was times where I wanted to go have a good time payday loan, but I knew I had the money to give them their 50 bucks when I did get my check. Right? And I I didn't live with my parents. I still had rent to pay, still went to work every day, still had to buy groceries. Right? And and, and, and I'm not making a statement to say that what I did is some grand thing. That's just what you do to survive, right? And if you want to have a good time, you need to be smart about how to have a good time. But at what point do we stand up and ask banks to Loan risky paper because remember banks are a business they're still in it to make money but even when I did mortgages if you had bad credit we still gave you a higher interest rate right so let me ask you that that's what I'm saying it's I know it's not apples to apples but your accessibility to money goes as if goes with how your credit standing is and how you are financially and that's just the way it is right all through history this is this is this has always happened, right? These banks, lenders, whatever, they've always made money on the down drive. Not saying that it's right, but this is 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 how this entire banking system was built.
0: I believe that's what Dre's point is. It's not right. And if you know it's not right, then stop it. It's modern day sharecropping.
1: But I see and see for me when we go in the words uh, uh, like sharecropping and slavery, I think we discount actually what our ancestors went through, right? And that's, I guess that's the crux for me. We like to throw around these words, modern day slavery, modern day sharecropping, not truly understanding what our great ancestors had to go through to get us to where we're speaking on a forum like this freely without any repercussions, right? So I'm not, even as a person that supports them, I'm not disagreeing with some of the concepts that you gentlemen are talking about, right? I think we're going too far in branding it with something that was very harsh on our ancestors. And not only our ancestors, just Americans, period, at, during Reconstruction, right?
0: I'm going to repeat your words, Damien. We just thrown around slavery, sharecropping, and it's not applicable in the 21st century.
1: No, not not, that it's not applicable in the 21st century. I believe that in some instances we go too far with the branding. Because there still is modern day slavery or remnants of modern day slavery. We can talk about the prison system all day and all that is is taking the slaves off the plantation, creating products, keeping people enslaved to still do your work, right? Like I will agree with that. But I think with a number of other things we throw around words like shared crop and modern day slavery and they're not applicable.
0: It's too but, far, Dre. Let me ask you this: He said it's not applicable because our ancestors went through a lot to put us in a position where we can have free dialogue like we are now.
2: Right. It, it realizes what our ancestors have gone through. There are people who equate the NFL to modern day slavery, which and I, I think I, is
1: ridiculous. I, that is exactly it's, it's nonsense. Ridiculous
2: and it, dimin- it, tri- it, it, it diminishes what what has been done by our forefathers by using those words and maybe sharecropping might be a little bit excessive but the whole concept of it i i, I think i try to use that term as in i it relates to someone being in a position of where they cannot negotiate favorable terms And everything they do is to work off this debt. And they just can't seem to get ahead. And that's what happens with a lot of these people in these payday loan situations. Because, as Damien said, it's the people who have some fiscal responsibility. It is a tool and it helps out. But it's the people who are marginalized, who have addictions, who have unforeseen circumstances that they get in this situation and then there's no way out of it
1: no way out of it right and i totally agree with dre on that that's and 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 and, you know that's a lot of the people that do get caught up in the brutal brutal cycle with with these payday loans right i've seen both sides believe it or not i won't name names i've seen celebrities or or get caught up in these loans i won't say what celebrities or or who, the, who the, br- the brand they represented it, but they were my customers. Mm. And you would think because they were on a national commercial that they would have money just flowing in, but yet they were bad with money. Right. And they were a constant customer for me.
2: And if you have little to no education of the alternatives available to you, you go with the famili- what's familiar to you.
1: Right. Right. So I, I, I think... This is the thing. I'm I'm not disagreeing with the points that are being made. I do understand it, like Grace said, it can be a vicious cycle. Uh, But I also have to look at it from a financing standpoint. Of these, some of these individuals are not bankable. I'll give you a great example of of a person who utilized it. They purchased a home, and they needed the the. And this was years ago when homes were still affordable. But that's a topic for another day. How they're outpricing us out of our home cities specifically here in New Orleans. But I knew someone who came in and got their down payment. Well, so basically what they did was they came in every two weeks, made a $500 loan, paid the $75 until they got their down payment. Otherwise,
0: they wouldn't have had the money. Okay, there's some good stories. I heard what you're saying. But to my point, those companies set up shop where they know They have a great opportunity to ensnare people on a large scale, to fatten their pockets. They know those folks ain't going anywhere. They know those folks are in dire situations. And I understand that you think sharecropping is an extreme term. But slaves, they didn't ask to come over here. Our ancestors didn't ask to come over here. When they got here, they were not in a position of power. Yes, we can speak freely on platforms such as this. But in the 25th century, would they be saying we were in a position to create generational wealth? Bartering was great for both parties. They were in positions of power.
1: But Alan, I'll tell you, it's two sides to to both stories. I get what you're saying with generational wealth, which is what we need. But everybody in this world ain't going to have generational wealth. That's just the game we're in. Some people taking these loans will develop generational wealth. That's Some right. people won't, right? That's, that's life. That's how this works, right? Now, I'm not saying us. I'm a black man. I don't believe in pull yourself up by the bootstraps. I think that's nonsense. Because how are you going to pull yourself up by the bootstraps when you ain't even got boots? And somebody already lacing these straps up, telling you to pull yourself up about bootstraps. But the reality of it is, the conditions that we're in, unless we can get our government to change banking and change some other things with the state aid, which there has been legislation to protect people uh, because it was out of hand at one point, right? And the legislation I agreed to, agreed with. Mm. But at the end of the day, we'd like to think we live in this utopian world where everyone can build generational wealth. Everyone will be happy. Everyone will do this. Some of the same people that have taken these loans will build generational wealth. And this loan has helped them build that generational wealth. Or start a company when they didn't have the money.
0: Right. Dre. Yes. What's your opinion on that?
2: Well, with. The restrictions with banking that there's certain it's federally insured. So there's certain things they can or cannot do. And that's where these where mortgage mortgage loan companies and these payday loan companies come to fill these. These spaces that the banks aren't allowed by regulation to fill, and now, yeah. and now we're finding that we need more regulation to fill to govern these entities that are filling the gaps. And right. Where does it end?
1: And that, and the and thing is, you
2: want to you want to say they're they're exploiting they're exploiting people. Are we trying to legislate morality? The right. thing is, they're corporations. And they're trying to improve their bottom line.
1: And then what happens to the people where if we regulate them so much they needed this, they can't get the
0: loan? As the Bible says, there's always going to be poor people. But the thing about that is, what I'm saying, why is it that the poor, which is generally the minority communities, the ones making it possible for people to eat caviar and own mansions all over the world, they are doing it on our backs like they did back in the day.
1: That's how it's been Qu-qu- since the beginning of time. And that's my point, Alec. Quick question. Do you need a payday loan? Do you have one in your neighborhood? I know you do well. Uh, I
0: don't I don't have one in my neighborhood. Do,
1: but would you benefit from a payday loan? Will that help you pay that credit card bill you ran up or that rent?
0: Are we talking hypothetical?
1: That's my point. You don't need it. That's why it's not in your neighborhood. And certain things in neighborhoods that don't need to be there Like a corner store, a liquor store In every neighborhood uh, But then people would argue with the corner store Until if, if we get grocery stores in these neighborhoods Then a corner store serves a purpose Right um, Me and Dre are both from New Orleans We know what the corner stores look like You've spent some time out here And some of those places are food wasteland So you gotta have a corner store so you can get some basics The corner store needs to be selling 40s. They don't sell them in, in, in my neighborhood now Right. But it serves a purpose, serves a purpose. The corner store serves a purpose. And that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying it doesn't need to be regulated.
0: So we talked about the problem. What are the solutions? Start with Drake.
2: I would think it's up to us to make our community aware of personal finance. I think it's something that needs to be taught in high school there, there are all kinds of mandatory courses. And even, uh, decades ago, people were forced to take home economics. There should be a personal finance class there, uh, instead of something
1: like home economics. I totally agree with Dre on that. I think it should start when you start in the ninth grade or junior high, even where you create a system, of financial literacy, where it's some make-believe dollars and stuff you can spend at the school, but you have to manage your account all four years. You have to learn how to manage your account. And whether that that money, that make-believe money or whatever they fund it with goes towards a senior trip or snacks or apparel at the school or whatever, a day off, they need to teach our youth how to be fiscally responsible. And like Dre said, it starts early. I'm saying junior high.
2: And it's one of those things where it needs to be paired up. You need to find someone who's in an educator and someone who's in finance and see how is this something we can implement in our education system.
0: Right.
1: Right. So, and that's the thing, Alan, like I said, I do get the points. I get the high interest rates, right? I still see the need, though. I think there can be a balance to this, right? Mm -hmm. Because I, I get I get, you know, we're all black men on this on, on this podcast right now, right? And and, and some of us have grown up in, in, in neighborhoods. We've seen the poverty. We've seen what drugs have done in the community. But to, to your point, you said it affects uh, people in poverty. And I've worked all over this country and these payday loan places are everywhere there is poverty. It doesn't matter if you're black, white, Hispanic, they're there. Right? They're in some of the non-blackest parts of this country that are rural, and it still helps those people in those rural communities who have to drive 30, 40 minutes to get to a bank.
0: I get the point. They don't see race. I see race.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I'm not trying to whitewash this thing, but let's make that clear. I'm making the point to, like you said, it really does affect the people that are low income regardless of what you look like. And that's a problem, right? It like, like you, you, to your point, you're not working with people to help them get ahead with these high interest rates, which I can agree with, but I still see it still works for individuals, right? No matter what you're, what, no matter where you are on this, this, this social total, right?
0: I think what you both said is very true and needed. We do need financial literacy to be taught as early as possible in our communities, because that's the only way we're going to create generational wealth or just get out of poverty. I'm not talking about reaching middle class or being middle class, but just getting out of poverty. Dre, what's your opinion on what Damien said about it not having color?
2: It really doesn't because it always affects the marginalized communities. And one of the things even sharecropping Uh, Here in the the southern U.S., uh, Italians were were sharecroppers. They had a large immigrant population. They were sharecroppers. And the plantation owners would try to prevent the Italians and the blacks from basically unionizing, from gathering together and he just wanted to keep them divided by race.
1: At one point, two-thirds of the sharecroppers in this country after the Civil War were not people of color. Two-thirds. That's a real statistic.
0: I know right now we make up 12.9 or 13.9% of the U.S. population, but we have a majority in a prison system. Now, that's going to be another episode.
1: Like I said, now, now that's, that's still, to me, like I said earlier, now, if you want to talk about modern day slavery, the prison system—I don't use the word—that is the slavery only lightly. That is legal form of slavery, right? And that it was the only created, legal
2: form of slavery in right. the United States and according to the Thirteenth Amendment.
1: Exactly, and that's why I say, Alan, I think we use these terms too loosely, and we do it uh, an injustice to our ancestors. Now, saying the prison system is slavery. I'm behind you one hundred percent with that. because it is
0: Gents before I give my closing Thoughts I want to say that I've Enjoyed the dialogue and I'm sure That my listeners did too Again thanks for agreeing to Come on the overcomers we Still here
1: thank you for having us I Appreciate it thank you for having me,
0: Fam you know that I always keep it 100 with you And I'm not going to stop today I believe that The best way to keep our peeps from getting ensnared by petty or title loan companies is to create community wealth. How? Good question. By supporting businesses that contribute to or support our communities. I'm not talking solely about money, although I'm sure they won't refuse it. (laughs) Who would? I'm talking about providing means and opportunity with things such as laptops, current textbooks, and supplies, which seems to be going more to affluent schools than our own, using our tax dollars. Interesting enough, the powers to be, they're using the rest of our tax dollars to incarcerate our young, while refusing to educate them. The opportunity? That comes with literacy, just like Damien Dre was talking about, both financial and personal. Literacy is important. As the building blocks for growth. It allows us to grow wealth for ourselves, family, and our community. Financial literacy is real. And it's obtainable. Just like my book entitled Educating Youth About Stocks, The Basics of Buying Stocks. It's on Amazon. Although we think that we don't need each other, fam, we do as evident by the growth of these payday and title loan companies. They have come in our communities and filled the voids left by black banks that were run out of business by those who seek to keep us on their plantations, called debt and mo-debt. Our peeps are no longer picking master's cotton, but instead they're filling master's wallet with their last, and in some cases, with their families' last. Dr. King underscored this very issue in his 1956 sermon entitled The Death of Evil Upon the Seashore. He said, The great struggle of the 20th century, 20th century has been between these exploited masses questing for freedom and the colonial powers seeking to maintain their domination. Fam. Together, we can get the colonial ancestor's boot off our necks. But alone, (laughs) we can't even unite to untie a single string on the laces that keep those boots on their feet. Let's start trying to untie some laces and keep it real. And keep it live, And keep it moving. And keep us together. One love. (music) Thank <music> you.